welcome to Hive Mind. I'm Meg. I'm on Zoom with Eli and Lindsay. Hey guys. Hello. Hello. Lindsay, um, one of our favorite recurring guests here on Hive Mind. What have you been watching? Like you, I've been watching The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And I feel like that's consuming a lot of my brain space right now. And because it's not just watching the show, it's also like Googling a lot of things, following <laughs> a lot of Twitter threads. It's in a very involved universe. Yeah. For those who don't know, Lindsay is writing our recaps this season and is really doing a phenomenal job. Everyone, mm -hmm. everyone deserves a Pulitzer. Really, I, I just want to cut in and say I'm not watching the show, but I am enjoying the recaps. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is very nice because I was very nervous to take over for Meg, who is so good. So thank you. How tired are you of this show? <laughs> you know what? I'm, I still have a lot of energy toward it. I'm still very invested. And yeah, um, yeah I mean, yeah. everything. I feel ahead. like. I feel like the one hour makes a big difference uh, between like if you know the bachelor's two and that's too it's too long but one hour leaves you wanting more yeah it does really fly by <laughs> yeah yeah what else have you been watching honestly um i talked about this last time i was on high mind but um we i've been watching survivor very consistently i'm very into survivor right now and we kind of always have a background show. Me and my husband. So our like background show is um, Curb Your Enthusiasm. So <laughs> we've been throwing that on in the background. I mean, like I need something really low stakes. So that's been great. Yeah. What, so Lindsay, we did an entire hour plus on Survivor. And then since we recorded that, they got to the merge. I think the show has really taken off this season. But yeah. what, how are you feeling about it now? Oh, I'm just loving it so much. I mean, I'm just having a blast. And I don't know if it's because we like missed a season that I'm especially into it. Yeah. But I love it. And I think that like, because everyone's pretty likable this season, the cast, but I think we're starting to see some like kind of villainous yeah. behavior emerge. So that's been really fun. Yeah. It's I, I, so I watch it with a small group of people and we have been screaming more than usual <laughs> since the merges happened. Like, Every, I, I texted Meg and I was like, Meg, this was like probably three weeks ago. I was like, Meg, I just watched Survivor and we were all screaming for like 30 minutes. And Meg was like, ah, I wish I could get into this or something to that effect. It's been oh, really yeah. good. I yeah. do. Like, I'm ha I'm really, I'm happy for you. Yeah. <laughs> and a little point, you have, you can't watch everything. Yeah. Yeah. Draw the line at some point. I know. And I've got, you know, I'm so busy with the shows <laughs> I have already. How could I, I'm spread so thin TV wise. <laughs> um, anything else from you, Lindsay? No, no, that's my whole world right now is kind of Real Housewives and Survivor, <laughs> so. Lucky. And I guess my family. <laughs> oh yeah, I then. Guess. <laughs> Eli, what have you been watching? Have I got a show for you. Um, so Skylar discovered a few weeks ago this show. I think it's a BBC show, I'm not totally sure. Um, I, we're watching it on Amazon or Hulu. I don't know. It's called big dreams, small spaces, and it's a British show. Have you, have either of you watched this? No. 
you guys, it's outrageous. Like, why is everyone not watching this? So it's sort of like Great British Bake Off vibe. And it's this, there's a famous gardener in um, England who he, every episode he goes to like two houses of couples in England. Is he like old? Yeah. And he has a name. He's probably like 60. But he's like, like a little, uh, you know, like a jolly belly. No, he's very thin. Like he's a thin, tall man. There's a... There's a Mm -hmm. British farmer I follow on Twitter who's my favorite follow. He just posts pictures of like giant carrots. And he says, I hope you're having a lovely Sunday. That's it. That's the tweet. That's so lovely. Is it Monty Don? Are you asking me or Eli? Either of you. That's the only British gardener that I am aware of. But I I don't know the name and I should have come more prepared. This this guy's probably... 50 to 60 ish. And he is, I say gardener, but he's like a landscaper. Okay. So he's not like a farmer. And every episode he goes to two couples houses who have like very small yards, like basically like my backyard. It's a very, just like kind of not big estates. And he goes and meets with them and they're like, we would really like to like re-landscape back here. And they tell them their budget And sometimes their budget is literally zero dollars. They'll be like, we have no money for this. And he'll be like, okay. And sometimes they're like, we have like 5,000 pounds that we can spend on this. And so he helps them design a new backyard. And then the the episodes follow the couples for an entire year and like shows them like implementing the changes that he recommends. And then at the end of the year, you like see their makeover of their yard. And he'll go and like, do visits every like three or four months. And, and it's the most passive aggressive show I've ever seen because he, and like the voiceover narrator will be like, Oh dear, the couple didn't follow his recommendations. That tree will die in two years. And over here they've planted this plant, but like, so Skylar and I have been watching this and like from the perspective of people who like have a yard and like want to do yard work, it's like very fun to see. Cause we're like, Oh, that's a, I didn't know that that's how you had to plant a tree, you know, that, that, that kind of thing. But like, even if you didn't have a yard, like just the makeover of like landscaping is so fun to watch. So I totally recommend it. Big dreams, small spaces. It's a very calming show in the same way British Bake Off is. You guys need to watch it. Okay. okay. I mean, um, Meg, you and I have talked previously about the series, the movies that made us. Yeah. And, and it's on, is it Netflix? I think it's Netflix. Mm-hmm. And they each episode is like a very popular, famous movie um, that they take and they kind of do a background on like, here's how it was made. Here were the complications and so forth. And Meg, when you and I talked about it, there were like five episodes. They've done multiple seasons now. And I didn't I had know. A, I had kind of a hard time with the show. Why? It was like two clicks to... Whoa. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. My microphone spazzed out. It's like two clicks, too enthusiastic for me. They were like a little bit too like, remember home alone, greatest movie ever made. Here's how they did it. You know? And I'm like, I just kind of want the facts. You're, you're serving me too much energy. <laughs> okay. I get it. Um, I was just going to mention there are multiple seasons now and they're like a lot more eighties and nineties 
movies and I have been really enjoying it. So I would recommend it if you're into that. And then finally, on a plane the other day, I I have never seen until now Good Morning Vietnam with Robin <gasps> Williams. Really? Have you seen it? Yeah. Did you like it? It's, I mean, I love Robin Williams so much. And this entire film is like, they like barely scripted him, apparently. Like I looked it up and it's just like mostly him doing whatever he wants and then them building the film around it. I think every Um, movie he's in is like that, right? I've heard that. But apparently this one in particular, there were like long scenes of him, like just kind of interacting with people where they were just like, okay, do your thing. And um, I love it. Like it it was so, some of it has not aged well. Um, There's like a lot of homophobia and misogyny in it, which like was probably accurate for what they're depicting anyway, because it's like Vietnam War, you know, whatever. Um, But, you know, Robin Williams gone too soon. Just made me miss him. For sure. Yeah. Meg, what have you been watching? Uh, The Morning Show. Season two? Yeah. How was it? Reese Witherspoon is bad. Like, she is (laughs) bad in this show. There's no... Billy Crudup, is that his name? Yeah. Not... I mean, I just, like... I feel like we have aged out of the people monologuing on shows era, and that is very much what this show is doing. It's a lot of people monologuing. It makes me a little bit nostalgic for, like, Aaron Sorkin TV but it also makes me roll my eyes a lot. I've decided it's the show that I watch while I'm doing other things because it wants to be taken seriously, but I can watch with like half of one eye and still be fully informed on what's going on. I cannot believe the money they're spending on this. Like every episode is a new guest star who has to have million dollar fees. Like it's an astronomical production and it's fine, but I will watch it for as long as it's on. So I'm could I ask you here? Oh, sorry. Eli. I'm shocked to hear it's like a background show for you. I thought this was something you had to engage with the morning show. Yeah. I just presumed. I mean, I don't know, Lindsay, if everyone is on my TV watching level, I've just done so much of it for so long. I'm really good. You know? So oh, for the thanks. average TV watcher, it might need their full attention, but for a pro like me, <laughs> I can multitask. So I, I was just going to ask, so I, I finished season one and was like more captivated than I thought I would be. And I have not started season two yet. Is it as addictive as season one? Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. Can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait. I'm not not above it. It's Doritos. Um, (laughs) Also, we've been like kind of slowly waking our way through the Nancy Myers collection. Um, We did the intern. We did the parent trap. uh, We did the holiday and we just watched It's Complicated, which (laughs) you guys, (laughs) the The movie makes no sense on so many levels. The premise of this movie is that Meryl Streep needs a better kitchen when her existing kitchen is the most gorgeous kitchen I've ever seen in my life. I would sell one of my children for this kitchen. (laughs) Then 
<laughs> the adult children in this film are so unhinged. Nancy Meyer has dressed them all like they are 60 plus and dressing at Talbot's in the most like nondescript cuffed dockers. It is truly astounding. There is a scene where all of them are in a bed together. They're, They're like, like grown adult. Like I just it's like it's like she kind of understands human relationships, but doesn't understand them at all it was such a fun rewatch that movie has the worst exposition i've ever seen of any movie ever there's a <laughs> scene where Jin, uh, uh john krasansky comes in and he's like hello my sister-in-law you are my sister-in-law and she's like hello brother-in-law and he's like and hello other sister-in-law who is married to this man right here and it's just like it's so stupid and you can almost tell that john krasinski himself is like why are we doing this yeah. because he has like this kind of glimmer in his eye and this like sarcasm with the way he delivers it it's the it's the laziest writing but like you feel really warm watching it. Listen, it ended and I was like, let's watch it again. Like yeah. it was like <laughs> just it's such a vibe. Like it's just it feels like putting on a weighted blanket, you know, and you can fall asleep and wake up and it's still on. You're like, I didn't miss anything. I'm still enjoying this. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So it's complicated. And then Project Runway is back and I am now caught up. And I'm I forgot how much I loved Project Runway. And there is a woman uh, who on the last episode revealed that she is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And guess who we're interviewing on Hive Mind? Who? Designer Katie. What? I know. So look forward to that. Um, and then we all went and saw Spencer. I'm crossing myself because this is going to be a hard conversation for me. Okay. I want to listen to first, Lindsay, I want you to tell me what you thought. Okay. So I have a group text with a couple friends called Diana's darlings and. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. <laughs> we were, I mean, this isn't very deep. We just watched the crown and we listened to the Yurong about series and anyways, so we're like, okay, we should go see Spencer. And I honestly, like, I didn't know much going into it. I just thought like, I knew Kristen Stewart, blah, blah, blah. Like I had no idea what I was getting into. I was desperate to go to a movie. This is my first movie I've seen post pandemic in a theater. And it is a horror film. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, that's, that was the yes. intent. Yes. But then like, once I was on board with the horror film, then it does like a 180. Like I'm still processing how I felt about this movie a week and a half later or a week later. In what yeah. way? <laughs> okay. Are we supposed to hate Diana? Are we supposed to root for Diana? Like, I don't actually know what the point of this movie is because I like the idea of you are stuck at your in-laws place for three days and you're trapped and you're going crazy. Like that is a good concept for, I think like a domestic horror film. I like that. But then I couldn't make heads or tails of where the film wanted us to end up. 
Why, why not just make it about anyone stuck at their in-laws for three days overall? You know, like it's because this was Princess Diana. That's where I ran into real issues. But before I rant, Eli, tell me your impression of the film. This movie was so damn boring. <laughs> I could not believe how boring this movie was. And I feel like this is my the English patient from Seinfeld, like Elaine with the English patient, because the gays on Twitter are mad at me for saying that this movie is boring because they're like, no, it's a revelation. But let me just tell you, like Skylar and I went to this, we were so excited. I was like a Princess Diana film. This is right in our lane. Kristen Stewart, interesting choice. And I was like, I can't wait to be surprised at how good she is, right? We go and watch this and you guys, the dialogue in this movie is so stupid throughout. And it's like three minutes of terrible dialogue. And then five minutes of Kristen Stewart dancing through hallways and looking longingly at the camera. And an hour into this, we were like, okay, like, yeah, it's creative, right? And then like 30 minutes after that, I was like, I can't defend this anymore. This is so boring. I hate it so much. And then I started texting Meg, which is like, a thing I do in movies. Like every time a movie is boring me, I start texting Meg and Meg was like, watch it. Um, I just, I think Kristen Stewart was the wrong choice. I think that the script was awful. I'm not opposed to doing a movie about Princess Diana that just takes place in one weekend. Like I would love a biopic that like covers her life. I think that would be interesting. I'm not opposed to just being like, okay, we're gonna do like a one weekend sort of glimpse into her life. But if you're going to do that, Give me some actual real interaction with the queen and with Charles and with her children. Um, help me see who this person is. And you're not helping me see that by Kristen Stewart dancing through hallways for nine minutes, looking into the camera the way she did when she was Bella in as a vampire, you know, whatever. I, I just, I hated it so much. Like, I feel like this movie was a complete waste. I didn't, I didn't hate it. Um, I felt I understood what it was doing and I did feel the panic this movie wanted me to feel. I felt the anxiety and the, um, spiraling out of control that I think the director was portraying. I loved every piece of clothing that was worn in this. Mm. That was, that yes. alone was just so fun to watch for two hours. Um, I thought that the score was really interesting. Uh, and I thought there were some good performances. I don't think Kristen Stewart was the right choice. And I'll tell you why. I think the whole thing about Princess Diana was that she was bright and vivacious and lovable and her flame was slowly um, extinguished the longer she stayed in the royal family. Kristen Stewart's whole vibe is like quiet weirdo. And that there's a place for that. But like sullen, quiet, depressed person has always been her thing. And so it read as I have always been like this. This is my personality. And it didn't make sense 
that this woman ever belonged in the royal family. There, that it wasn't a logical progression of, oh, this didn't meet her expectations. It was like hostile from the start with her. And so I, I wasn't as sympathetic toward her as I think the film wanted me to be. And this film makes the crown look like Royals fans. Like this is <laughs> anti-Royals. Um, but I just, Kristen Stewart wasn't as effective as I think someone else, maybe an unknown could have been in selling this as Princess Diana, as someone who suffered a real tragedy by being in that family. Like to me, I was like, this woman's not compatible with this family. She wasn't cut out for this lifestyle instead of they have ruined her life. That So that kind of surprises me a little bit, both that you felt like there were strong performances um, in this because I don't think there were any strong performances, but also... I thought Prince Charles, I thought the scene of the pool table, I thought that he was pretty good in it. I, I think every character in this, with the exception of her, maybe was completely one dimensional. Like Charles, the queen, all of the staff, like they were so one dimensional characters. And so like at no point in the movie did I feel like I understood any of these people. And I totally agree with you about like Diana. They did not showcase what were her supposed strengths or what we've understood were her strengths anyway. Like there, as far as we understand, like the royal family was annoyed with her because people loved her. Like she was able to communicate with the public. She was like the people's princess or whatever. In this film, she was like this very kind of simple character that I was like, I don't understand why anybody would care about this person. Like she's dancing through hallways in dozens of dresses and looking at the camera. And I was just like, who is this person? Like, why are we spending time with her? But that's not, re- that wasn't real. That that didn't happen. She wasn't actually dancing in hallways, right? That was. Um, yeah, sure. But, wh- but what did you see of her in this that you were like, oh, that's why people loved her? Well, nothing. And that's my point. It was like, yeah. you didn't give me anything where I thought this woman was once alive and now she's next to death. It was just like this woman has always been kind of pouty, which well, we know isn't accurate. Well, that's I agree that I found like her performance to be pretty one dimensional as well. And like, yeah. I don't know if exactly that's like what they were going for, maybe. And there were times where I thought, I, I thought she was good. I think she's good at like the sullen thing. I think she was good at, at making you feel like you said, Meg, like nervous and like yucky and wanting to get out of there. I think she did a good job of that, but there was nothing. Yeah. I don't, I, there was no like life to it. And maybe that was the point, but um, also Charles was fine, but he was also too hot. So <laughs> <laughs> He had a huge bald spot, huge bald spot, which I feel like they were like specifically trying to show us multiple times. I I felt like the depiction of bulimia was effective. I do feel like I did feel that out of control um, sense of. I mean, being out of control, not having control of your body and your impulses. I thought that that was effective. Um, how, 
How did we feel about the lesbian dresser? Oh, I mean, okay, this is all right. I want to be sensitive about this. Is this the reason why they casted Kristen Stewart? I, uh, no, Partially? I just, I, I got to that point. I was like, Ugh, a man directed this. Like, of course, a woman's miserable because there's some queer underlying subtext. Like, can't she just be unhappy in her marriage and in her family? Like, well, yeah. And also I was just kind of like, okay like because like i don't know who, who i know a man directed i don't know anything about him but was he like okay well like there's only one person from the job we have to get someone who identifies as a lesbian like that's it like to like sell this idea was that but it? she wasn't right like I don't know. she they was just romping like on the beach i don't know I, yeah i don't it was there, very like do or don't I, I don't think the movie was trying to tell us that Diana had any kind of like queer tendencies at all. Cause it, when, when the woman was like, I'm in love with you, like the response from Diana was like, Oh, I'm flattered. Like it yeah. was a straight response. So what's right. the point? The point I I'm telling you right now, the point is we need this movie to get some Oscar nominations. <laughs> So we better put some lesbians into it and we can't make Diana a lesbian because she obviously wasn't one. So let's just like make this other woman a lesbian who is in love with her and have a lesbian scene. Did it you was see in fury? Like when this happened, Skylar and I both audibly groaned because <laughs> obviously you can imagine all of the reasons why we hate when queer stories are being used by like straight people in order to get nominations and awards. It's just like, oh, you're not actually trying to like do anything to help the community. You want an Oscar. And so you are inserting this wherever the hell you can. And it makes no sense. Like I the, honestly, it's enraging. I mean, Kristen Stewart is a lesbian. Sure. Um, I don't know about the direct and I can look it up but did you see that SNL sketch they did last year where it's like the woman's like catatonic and it's like a period drama and <laughs> it's like what's wrong and then it's like oh she's yeah. a lesbian you know it just felt yeah. very much like this yes. is the hot period pieces we're making right now you have to add <laughs> lesbianism in order for it to play it's like okay yeah okay. And, and Kristen Stewart being a lesbian is totally irrelevant to this conversation because she's portraying Diana like yeah. she's not portraying a lesbian story so it's like okay fine like if she was portraying a character that was a lesbian I'd be like I'm glad they cast an actual lesbian to do this but that's not what was happening. So it's like, clearly they wrote the script and they're like, oh God, what can we do to make, to get Oscars out of this? How about if we insert three quarters of the way into this film, a completely unnecessary storyline about a woman being in love with her that is, has nothing to like, it added nothing to the film. And like uh, that actress is good. Yeah. Like she is a good actress, yeah. but Sally this, Hawkins. And the scene in a vacuum is actually really lovely, but it was just like within this film, like, why are we doing this? Yes. She's a fan yes. of the opera and she didn't like pheasants. Okay. Leave her alone. <laughs> I know when she she's like, be her. I'm middle class. I like Les Mis. And I was like, oh, is that, are we not, do we not like Les Mis? <laughs> okay. Um, Lindsay, you texted us about the Ferris Bueller ending. 
And I forgot that you sent that until the ending. And then I started laughing out loud in the theater, which was me and three other people. Why don't you go ahead and elaborate on that? Okay. So we're in the horror thing. Okay. Then we find out this woman's in love with her. I agree. This color, very nice scene, but I was like, okay, I don't know where this is going. And then she goes to stop her kids from going on a pheasant hunt. And she's like, I'm taking the kids. And then it turns into this like 80s rom-com Ferris Bueller ending with this like song playing on the radio. They like throw their hands up in the air, little Harry's like fist pumping. It was bizarre. Like, why did it end this way? I do. Is it because she escaped the house? Like, I still can't figure it out. It was so disjointed. I mean, I enjoyed it. Sure. I guess I was laughing <laughs> loudly, but why? And it was, it was so on the nose. The hairy of it all, especially was really oh stupid gosh. where they're like, this kid escapes one day. So let's make sure that he's especially rambunctious. <laughs> and it's like, he's eight. Like this kid is just doing what he needs to do right now. <laughs> like, Oh. Yeah, my friend um, who I saw it with, she we were texting about it after and she just said it was the lighthouse for girls. And I thought that was <laughs> a pretty good assessment. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, actually, that's exactly right. <laughs> I honestly, if it had been another, uh, if it had not been Kristen Stewart and it had been someone a little more uh, charismatic, I think I would have liked this movie. I really do. I did like the horror aspect of it. I just wish they would have leaned harder into that and just like, okay, if that's what we're doing, like, let's do it the whole way. Yeah. Do you know what I want is a movie all about that kitchen and the cooks. Yeah. Every time they cut to that, I was like, tell me more about this. What was the point in this movie of even showing them? Because once again, they were one dimensional characters who provided nothing. Like it was, it, it was like, it was one of those things where it was like, oh, this is what Downton Abbey did well, is that they yeah. like developed characters downstairs and upstairs. And then when you saw them interact, it mattered. But in this, I was just like, okay, so Diana went down to the refrigerator and this guy doesn't want her to like pick at the food, but I don't care because I don't know who this guy is or why he matters. It, it was well, just and like- they, they try and shoehorn this emotional connection with the head cook slash chef. And I'm like, oh, but you haven't given me anything to make me believe that these two trust each other. Right. And I wish that you had, because this could have been effective. Yeah. I I will say, so I, I a little bit disagree with Meg. Like I disagree with you. It needed more than recasting Kristen Stewart. I think the dialogue was terrible in this movie. Like I, I was not compelled by like the character development. I didn't like any of the scenes where they're interacting, except I do think that the scenes where she is talking to her children were actually pretty charming. And th- yeah. that was the only, mm-hmm. those were the only parts of the movie where I was like, this is good. And when it ended, I was like, I would have liked an entire movie of Diana with her kids because like those, they cast really good kids for it. And I actually think Kristen Stewart did a pretty good job interacting with those kids. Yeah. I agree. On the dialogue, there's a scene where she just starts saying random words. She <laughs> says, currency, dress, breakfast. Like, I was like, are you having a stroke? What is, who did, is this like, did a page not get fully written in the script? And now we're just doing those line reads. I was 
baffled by what was happening. It was so bad. We were we were laughing so hard at the scene early. It's like the first scene of the movie where she stops in a cafe to get directions and everyone realizes it's Diana. And she turns around and Skylar leaned over to me and said, this is the scene from The Darkest Hour where Winston Churchill goes to the subway. And oh after gosh. that, I like, it was, because it was just like so over the top and cheesy. And she like turns around and everyone's like, Diana's here. And she's like, please help me. I don't know how to get to the castle. And it's like so stupid where it's like, okay, we get it. Like she's a big deal, but like, and that's the beginning of the movie. And so you kind of have to like overcome that. You're just like, okay, well, hopefully this gets better. And then it just never did for me. It didn't overcome that. No. <laughs> I, I will say I've never really wanted a Chanel bag, but that scene made me, made me question if maybe someday I want a Chanel. <laughs> the clothes were fabulous. Uh, the clothes were a, a costume designer. I think if anyone just serves an Oscar for this movie, it's the costume designer. I mean, what what a big task to take on to try and make a film around this area when the crown is doing such a good job. Yeah. At like portraying the it like honestly, like I'm surprised that anybody is even attempting right now. Like the crown is like so high budgeted, getting whoever they want and developing these stories in like such a beautiful way that like, why are you even trying to make a, a movie right now about this? It did make me really excited for Elizabeth Debicki as Princess Diana. Yes. I think yeah. that's going to be good. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think Diana's just kind of like, I mean, Diana's not having a moment, but this period in like Royals history is having a moment. And so I think that there did, for me, it felt a little bit of like, okay, let's cash in while like the crown's going on and the Harry stuff and all of that. So there, it did feel a little bit on the nose in that way. I mean, and I don't, I think part of that too, honestly, is the fashion that all of the stuff we were wearing, they were wearing in the early nineties is what we're wearing now. So it feels very in vogue. This movie mm. felt very yeah. now. Agreed. Any other, any other thoughts? Do we recommend it? I, I would not recommend this to anybody. It's a vibe. I had a good time. Two, you know I, it was me, and then these two like burly guys walked in, and they seemed to enjoy it as well. I don't know. I set your expectations low. I would watch it on a plane. This is a great plane movie. Yes, yes. I watched Jackie on a plane, and I thoroughly me enjoyed too. myself. So people great keep movie. I I watched Jackie on a plane as well. People keep <laughs> keep comparing this to Jackie. I, I didn't find Jackie boring. So I like, like oh, that, I did. I liked it. <laughs> you thought it was boring, Meg? I thought it was, I thought it was boring. I prefer this to Jackie. Interesting. Ooh, I prefer Jackie to this, but it's, yeah. I, it's different, but I mean, it's a lot of close-ups and like, I'm like, can you speak up? Like I couldn't hear either of them. Natalie Portman. Oh my Kristen gosh. Stewart. The whispering, <laughs> nobody spoke above a whisper in this movie and it no. drove me insane. Like just talk in a normal tone of voice. I cannot hear you. Yeah. No, I would, I would definitely, this is a great plane movie though. Like put in your headphones. Actually, this would be great if somebody next to you has their subtitles on, you're watching your own thing. You check in every like five minutes and watch what they're watching. Yeah. If they happen to be watching Spencer, that's how I would do it. That yeah. is exactly how this movie should be viewed. That's how I watched The Quiet Place 2 last time I flew. 
was on <laughs> subtitle two rows ahead. <laughs> oh man. Amazing. Uh, well, thank you so much, Lindsay, for joining us. Um, oh, thank you for having me. We'll be back next week and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.